Little jar one more time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chalk. It's not. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Craft Chocolate TV. I am Dylan. I'm not Dylan. I'm Greg. I'm the chocolate sorcerer at Dandelion Chocolate. And um, Dylan is not here with us right now. And so I am just sneaking in some info while he is, well, he's doing a lot of work. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm apparently not. But um, what I want to talk about today is do you want investors? Yeah, it sounds like I'm going to pitch you on it, but I'm actually not. See, it turns out, people ask me this question all the time, should they take on investors? And the answer is, maybe. It depends on what you want to try to accomplish. So let me go through a little bit of an overview of what does it even mean to take on investors? So you start your own business. A lot of people have small chocolate businesses that you've started with money that you've had or money that you've borrowed from family members um, sometimes money you've borrowed from a bank. So first and foremost, the question is, do you want to take external funding? Like, do you want to get a loan from a bank? Do you want to get, uh, do, um, do you want to get a small business loan? Um, do you want investors? That in and of itself is a big question because if you take on external funding, then you owe somebody money. So one of the lovely things, if you can afford it, is not owing anybody any money. So, you can run things how you want. There is no accountability to anybody else of like, I have to pay them money every month or I have investors I have to institute, et cetera. But the main reason most people take on money is because while you can start something small, make some profit, reinvest that profit, grow, reinvest that profit, grow, sometimes you want to grow faster. Sometimes you basically have this notion, and I think this is true these days with craft chocolate, that now is a really good time to get into the market of something. And so the amount of time it would take to, it would take you to grow by making profit and then reinvesting that profit will take a long time. And so you can kind of skip ahead by saying, well, why don't I get somebody who will give me a bunch of money and then I don't have to wait to make all that profit. I'll get the money. Sounds great. There's a downside to it. The downside to it is you got to give something away for that money in general. I mean, I guess somewhere there's investors who don't want anything in return, but those are, those are pretty rare and I wouldn't count on them. So when you take on an investor, basically what you're saying is, uh, and I'm talking strictly about equity investments rather than debt investments. There are people who will do, who, who will give you debt. They basically will say, I will loan you X amount of money. You have to pay it back to me. Could be an individual, could be a bank, could be family. Um, and that's, and that's, uh, that, that, that's debt. Um, I'm really talking about equity where you're taking on an investor who's going to take a piece of your company. Um, so the tricky part about this is giving some, giving away a piece of your company could be a great thing, um, or could be a bad thing. Depends on a lot of factors. Uh, the first factor is how much of the company do you want to own? There's a very, uh, there's a very common saying of like, it's better to own, uh, a little bit of a bowling ball than all of a grape. Uh, you know, so like when you take on investors, what you're basically saying is, I think the investor is going to help me grow a lot. So even though I own, let's say now you own 75% of the company instead of 100% of the company, it's better to own 75% of a company worth $5 million than own 100% of a company worth $500,000. So this is the sort of equation people put in where they're like, well, if I take on an equity investor, that will help me grow to a larger size. So I don't own as much of the company. But the, but, but the overall value of what I own is still higher. It's a, it's a, it's a very reasonable position. Um, uh, the, the couple things to think about when you're doing this. So first, do you still have control? 
So a lot of times when you're taking on an equity investor, one of the things you have to figure out is how much of the company that they get. Uh, so what you end up having to do is you have to value your company. This is super hard. This is, there is literally no easy way to do this. Um, I've worked at a lot of tech companies. Uh, we, we've gone through th- this valuation process. You can have external people. And in fact, sometimes you legally need to have third parties come in and give you a valuation. But like, it's all a little bit of guesswork as to how you should value things because there's a question of like, what is your revenue? But then there's also the question of like, what's your brand worth? That value can vary wildly. What are your assets worth? Um, you know, if, if you own a lot of equipment, uh, um, your website, all these things are considered assets and they have some amount of value. So determining what your, what the value of your company is, is very challenging, but it's also very important because let's say you want someone to invest a million dollars. And I'm saying a million dollars because it makes the numbers rounder and this is going to be easier to talk about. Let's say somebody wants to invest a million dollars in you and you think your company is worth two million dollars. Basically what you're saying is I'm going to give you half of my company for a million dollars. But let's say you think the company is worth ten million dollars and they want to invest a million dollars. Then you're only giving them ten percent of the company. So normally what happens is you will probably think your company is worth more than the investor thinks it's worth because we always think that our baby is more valuable. I'm not putting values on babies. I did not say that, but you know what I'm saying is that like you always think your thing is more valuable than other people think your thing is. And so that's the first point of contention is what's the valuation? You'll hear this all the time. What's your valuation? What's your valuation? And that's the question of like, what do you think your company is worth? Um, so that's the first question. The second question is, who else owns portion of your company? A lot of people own 100% of their company, but sometimes um, you have partners, and so each partner owns a portion of the company. Sometimes uh, you um, you have given away um, a portion of the company to uh, you know for outside funding, outside debt funding, such as um, banks or something like that. So there's um, so there, the question is, how much of the company do you have to sell? Um, and then the other part of it, the other, the other thing I should say, and like, this is definitely from me back in tech world, but like, your employees can own a portion of your company as well. This is very common in the tech industry where, you know, if a company has 10 million shares, they have a pool of shares that they, um, grant options to their employees. And so if the company is ever, ever goes public or is ever acquired, it means that all of your employees will share in the, um, uh, will share in the wealth that, um, would be generated by, by this exit event. I'll talk about exit events in a second. So, but so there's this question of how, how many shares are available? And so like, this is the way that I think it's easiest to think about this is think about number of shares and how many shares each person has. And so somebody wants to invest a million dollars. You think your company is worth $5 million. That means they get 20% of the company. Let's call it 5 million shares. That means they would get a million shares. You'd have 4 million left. But let's say you have multiple people who want to invest. This is very common. You want to take what's called friends and family investors. So these are people that are closer to you. They are not necessarily professional investors. They're people who have more money, who want to support you, but you also have to kind of give them something in return. So in these situations where you're taking friends and family investors, this is where you definitely get into a situation where it's very important to understand how many shares exist in the company um, or what, what sort of percentages there are of the company. 
um, to give away and then how much everybody has. These are the questions that people ask you. They'll ask you how many outstanding shares there are, meaning how many shares exist. Um, but then there's the question of how many does, does each person own? Um, and then how many your investors own? Um, if you get to a point where you own less than 50% of your company, technically you don't control that company anymore. Now, every company has different sort of like, uh, um, has, has been created in different ways. It can have different bylaws and these things. But in general, the rule of thumb is if you give them away more than half of your company, you don't control it anymore. Now, the person you've given it away to might be a really great human being and not tell you to do anything um, that you don't want to do. But even so, there is this risk that the more and more you give away, the more you might not have say over what's going on in your own company. This is also true and can be really tricky if there's multiple uh, owners to a company. So let's say four people start a company together and they each have a quarter of it and you want to take on a new investor. Normally what you would say is, well, if this person is, you know, if you want to give this person a quarter of the company, then each of the people who own a quarter have to give away a quarter of what they have. And so now it would be five people who each have one fifth of the company. But imagine if you're one of those people and then the investor and two other of the people who started the company with you have a different idea of what they want to do than what you want to do, but they own 60% of the company. This means they now have what's called a controlling share of the company. And so this is something to, to, to really consider is how much of the company do you want to give away the other aspect of giving away a company is early on, you might think a million dollars for 40% of the company is a great deal, but how big do you think your company is going to get? If you think your company is going to become a $10 million company or a $20 million company, giving away 40% of it for a million dollars today, you got to think about like, wait, but when it's worth $20 million, then that 40% is now worth $8 million and they only gave me a million dollars and now it's worth $8 million. So the investor is going to be super happy because it's worth a lot more money. But you've given away a big chunk of that company that, 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 uh, isn't commensurate with the value that the company has, has sort of turned into. And so this is the thing to think about. There's another one of the things to think about is how big do you expect your company to get to? Investors will ask this as well. What is your plan? What's it going to look like? How big do you want to get? Um, and based on how big you, you, you want to get, one of the things that usually happens or often happens is you can have multiple rounds of investment. So this means the first people get like the best deal, right? The first people will get like, you know, uh, 20% of the company for, again, I'm using millions, not because I know everybody's company is worth millions, but just easier math. But you give away 20% of the company for a million dollars. Then the company grows and grows and grows and grows and you need more cash. So you want to do another round of investment. So that first investor um, got got the, the, the company at the valuation of $5 million, right? $1 million for 20% of the company, $5 million. The next investors come in and their valuation is probably going to be higher, but it means they get a smaller percentage of the company. This is going to be, this would be easier with a whiteboard, wouldn't it? Um, they get a smaller percentage of the company for uh, for less money, which makes them not as excited, but like the earlier investors are taking a bigger risk because you don't know that your company is going to be doing better and better and better. It could go nowhere, in which case the people who invest in you and give you money, it goes nowhere. 
Because keep in mind, equity investments don't typically have to be repaid. The reason people do it is it's someone giving you money. What you're giving them in exchange is not money. But what you're giving them in exchange is equity, is a part of your company. This means you never have to pay it back, which is really nice. But again, it means you don't own your whole business anymore. Somebody else owns a part of your business. Um, so, so. Let's go through these things again. So if you want to, the question is, do you want to take on investment? So the first question is, are you willing to give up partial ownership of your company? Um, the second question is, how much is your company actually worth? And so how much money would you get for that portion of your company that you're going to give away? Um, are you going to be doing this multiple times? And if so, how big do you think you're going to get? And so how much money do you think you're going to need to bring in each time? The last thing you want to do is give away so much in the first round of investment that there's, that you can't get more investment in the second round because there's not enough equity in the company to give away. Um, so how many rounds of investment? How big do you think you're going to get? Um, and how much do you think that's going to be worth when it's that big? All of these are sort of math problems that you have to do, um, to determine if this is something you really want to do, I would say um, the, the, a lot of times the reasons people do want to take investment is they want to grow as quickly as possible. Um, they want to grow. Let's try that again. They want to grow as quickly as possible. Totally get it. It makes a lot of sense. And especially if you want to grow as quickly as possible and you're only giving away a small portion of the company, a, a lot of times it makes perfect sense. The other thing to think about with investors is even if somebody doesn't own the whole, like, like a large portion of your company, they still own a small portion of your company and they are still, you still have an obligation to talk to them about what's going on in the company. And so this is the other tricky part about investors is it's somebody else you have to answer to all the time. It might be a good thing. When you're taking on investors, a lot of times the reason you're taking on investors Carson's going to have to cut this into the earlier part because this is like important stuff to say. But what, when you're taking on investors, one of the things to think about is who you who you, who's investing. Um, when uh, early on, when um, Dandelion did friends and family investors, part of the reason we did that was it wasn't just to 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 get capital, but it was also it meant that we were bringing all these people in who had a vested interest in the success of the business. So when you take on investors. One of the things to think about is who you're bringing on and what they can contribute to your business. Because if you take on the right investors, they might connect you with cool, with interesting people. They might give you great advice. They might give you good deals because they own a company that makes stuff that you need. You know, there's all sorts of like ways that investors can be really helpful outside of just the cash that they're giving you. And so it's really important when you think about taking on investors, what kind of investors do you want to take on? Um, but you do need to answer to them. You do need to tell them what's going on. Uh, it's really important to do so. The other question investors will have when you try to bring them on is how do they get their money back? Because for the most part, when investors are giving you money, they expect to get that money back someday. So this is where people start talking about uh, to talk about exit events. And the exit event is basically when an investor would get their money back. There's sort of three main ways investors get their money back. First is you can uh, sell the company. If you sell the company, every share becomes worth some amount of money. Let's say you have a million shares and you sell the company for $10 million, which sounds amazing, right? Each share is worth 10 bucks. And so if you have sold 250,000 shares, those shares are now worth two and a half million dollars and whoever owns those shares gets that money because the company's been bought and so all the shares are essentially purchased from the shareholders. That's, 
sort of that that's that's the primary way I think most people would imagine that investors would get money back. Second would be uh, going public. Basically, instead of a private investor buying all those shares, you can have the public buy those shares. So you can go public and all the shares are on a public stock exchange. They can be bought by anyone within I, there. I guess there's limitations in the stock exchange, but, but let's say they can be bought by anyone. Uh, and so if you own those shares, you can sell those shares on the public exchange. Um, th- there, there can be situations where um, there's somewhere in the middle there where like you're not selling the whole company, you're only selling parts of the company. And so, you know, your investors can get money back in small ways. Um, the third main way would be dividends. Um, this, this kind of takes, takes a number of different forms. Basically what dividends are is you have profit and you are redistributing that profit to the people who own parts of the company. And so this is, this is a very common way where you say, you know, we're not, ever planning on selling the company. We're not ever planning on public. But whenever we have profit past a certain amount, every shareholder will get X dollars or usually X cents per share. Um, and this is a way that you can essentially recoup your money over time. Those are the three main ways that investors get their money back. But it's really important to think through this because if you take on an investor, they're definitely going to want to understand how could they get their money back at some point and they're going to ask you this. So I think... That kind of covers the whole topic. Again, investors are not for everyone. Um, there are times and situations where it might be a useful thing to do, times and situations where, uh, where you don't want to do it. Some people want total control of their company. It makes perfect sense. Other people are like, I'm okay to have less control of my company, but it means that I have more cash to play with. That's the main thing to think about when you're really thinking about whether or not to take on investors. Uh, hopefully this has been helpful. Um, I really hope I'll have an episode soon with Dylan back because Dylan's the best. Uh, but until then, enjoy more of Craft Chocolate TV. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate if you subscribe and give a review. This helps other chocolate lovers like yourself discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.